Let's Here we go. Uh, Let's it's, see if uh, anyone. If you're in chat, any this is ask ACA. This is an ask Christian anything. ACA. And, uh, yeah. uh, Christian, uh, this is a uh, podcasting ACA. Is that an actual can... acronym, or did you come up with that? No, that's uh, re- and Reddit. It's a Reddit okay. thing. Yeah, ask me anything. AMA. Oh, AMA, yeah. But yeah, AMA. Yeah. Okay, I see, I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> I see what you did there, Jim. <laughs> kind of flip that one around. Uh, yes, I am. That's out at television.subsonic.org, I believe. Um, you have to repeat the question. Oh, I'm sorry. I failed already. Zero points for Gryffindor. <laughs> um, the question in the audience was, are you still running HD Home Run Prime on Subsonic? And the answer is, yes, we are. And we're doing that on, I think, whatever the latest version of Subsonic is. And it's great. And I use it all the time. Um, and I have utterly failed on writing the automation script for that because of time constraints. Um You've been a little busy. A little bit. I really wish I could. It's It's been just so painful, all these other projects that I'm working on. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely opportunities to um, demo slash use it occasionally without just completely taking down my network uh, if you're interested in. So. All right. Uh, Drashness says Hyper-V or ESX? Hyper-V uh, 2012 R2, and that's failover with live migration. So if the primary goes down, it just shuffles off to the other system and no difference from where the front-end uh, load balancer is. So it's all pretty uh, seamless. And Hyper-V R2 actually does have really nice support with the uh, guest integration um, for Linux now. So I'm actually, you know, it's all CentOS, and I, and I love it. Um, Next question: You hosting sites with IIS, Apache, Nginx, etc. Oh, you missed one. No, you missed one. Okay, the OpenBSD folks have been very vocal about how awful the code base is for OpenSSL. Agree or disagree? Right. Um, yeah, I would. I would. Mm, I would tentatively agree, but there are some things with the way the um, package manager and just the whole overall process of how we, I guess do source code, review it, document it, and then make it available for particular distributions that I think there's always some aspects of that that some groups will do better than others. Um, I would like to see the OpenBSD argument. I haven't read up on that yet, but I am going to at least tentatively say, I mean, I, full disclosure, I use the patched version of OpenSSL post-Heartbleed and, and enjoy it because of its easy integration with the platform that I'm using. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not, you know, there's yeah. not flawed source in yeah. there. It's only so. as good as, right. Right. Yeah. Um, ho- so now okay. you host hosting ex- sites, yeah. right? So all the primary stuff, the average guy, the BIOS mods, all that stuff is all Apache. And that's what all my front end edge devices are using is Apache. Um, the, uh, I do have one or two sites that are still I've written because I customly designed them in .NET with my own code, so those run on IIS servers. But they're also proxied through Apache, so to the World Wide Web, everything is Apache um, with proxies. Uh, and and should I mention that it uses um, fast CGI, so basically everything is like a PHP application in the background, and it makes it super fast. Um, where it's, sorry, the questions are jumping here. The uh, question about uh, when are you when are you going to set up the script? 
for HD Home Run Prime. Yeah, um, we're gonna rain check that until I know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember when. See, when I did the script, I had to basically the first part of it was you you get your channel guide listing in XML format, then you iterate through each of those, you spin out this, and then you set up the transcoding. It would actually probably, you know. I'm I'm gonna just just because I love you guys so much I'm gonna put it down. This this is called the the here. This is called the Gallup Notebook of Truth. Now it says Gallup on it, but it's just turned into my general life. So proud of you. Notebook of Truth right now, and it's I'm, I actually I'm gonna have to probably raid the 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 closet soon because it's it's getting pretty full here. But this little list I got going on is my running list of everything I plan to get done before I head back in that car on the 26th. So I'm gonna tentatively sneak this. You sleeping right. at all? While you're home, you oh, I'm rest? sleeping a lot, man. I'm like okay. a freaking caveman over here. <laughs> um, when you can get Gary, out, you know, yeah, stuff, right, stuff hanging out there. So I, I've just put on the golden white sheets of paper, write script for sub sonic nice. uh, HD home run. Nice. Prime. Okay, Ma so it's Mad there. Mad it's Sonic there. or Subsonic? All right, uh, both. We do all of our primary media on Madsonic, but the TV application that I use for files runs on Subsonic. Okay. TrueCrypt, question mark? Uh, TrueCrypt is fascinating discussion, conversation in general, because it's one of the only anonymous encryption sources that are, well, should I say, should I say it's one of the only anonymous author sources of, you know, this encryption platform dropped on the internet out of nowhere and um and it was like well we thought it was this really secure thing that everyone trusted and believed in because it was quote random um but then i i, I we talked about this a couple of shows ago too and i gotta get the latest on it because i'm a little bit out of date on it but then you know the guys posted on the site hey there might be a flaw in this code and we're like not really sure if it's been exploited or not so and they did some weird stuff with their site so i'm not not sure where we are on that true crypt that's going to be a follow-up though because um i i know the last time we talked about that i was a little bit uh leery about it because it was supposed to be the latest and greatest for you know anonymous encryption standard and then it just disappeared so Good question. Okay. Uh, Thoughts on the future of internet with net neutrality? It's going to get uh, heated up. Um, we're already starting to see some of the marketplace get shaped around what's going on with that net neutrality battle. Um, I think the biggest, uh, the poster boy for this argument is obviously Netflix. Um, and we're, we're definitely starting to see some cases with uh, Comcast. There were definitely some recent articles about, um, you know, now it's not so much of a question of, you know, the fact that we're talking net neutrality, but now there's these battles between the internet service providers that are like, uh, which internet service provider can be the first one to say that they're they're servicing Netflix as fast as they possibly can, and that's not so much because they care about Netflix. It's because and they want Netflix's business to do well. It's because of this whole net neutrality, and people are watching very closely. Um, we know people are watching very closely because when the FCC website goes down multiple times from all the people blasting comments on the you know open mic, so to speak, uh, net neutrality discussions on their website, you know that's that's real dicey. So I think a lot of people are watching this conversation as it evolves. Um, 
I personally think the internet needs to stay a free and open marketplace. I think that's a lot of uh, the entrepreneurial spirit of what's come out in corporate America has been very well established and promoted through what's going on the internet, and I don't think we need to be inhibiting that. But the technology, the internal architecture, is going to eventually force some of these issues. And what I mean by that is like IPv6, it's going to change the pricing structure for all these ISPs, and the internet of things is going to completely um, distort our views of what just what internet traffic in general means but then when you start saying well how does all this kind of future tech meld with net neutrality we're talking right now net neutrality for the ipv4 like standard nat era wait until we start talking net neutrality for the for the vent surf ipv6 era of things and then it's just like this conversation could change a lot um i'm hopeful that the fcc heeds the um, the the clear tea leave warning signs that many Americans will be incredibly unsatisfied if the net neutrality goes down a dark path. And I think we all know what that dark path is. So um, again, I think the free and open internet is very important to a lot of things economically, um, constitutionally, um, and even technologically uh, to make sure that we are running and building and engineering an internet architecture that shouldn't have what I would say are people limitations. So, you know, we shouldn't be imposing what the limitations or bandwidth caps are on these technologies and saying, you know, this price is what we need to get this level of technology. Because that's, that's pretty much... to some extent you can argue it both ways but that's an artificial cap and the more this technology gets advanced and streamlined i think that argument's going to start to fall apart a little bit but we will stay tuned because i know it's going to get heated up yeah that's uh, a good summary on it uh, it's a very good summary on it that that might be a home tech tip right there um uh libre ssl any thoughts on that i have no thoughts um i need to look at that package it hasn't been on my radar yet but i will i will circle back on that one for sure class you're most excited about for next semester mm, well I, I could tell you the one i was the most excited about and then couldn't get into it um we have someone from the nsa for the first time at the university of maryland teaching a reverse engineering course uh at the university and i was the first person on the wait list and they wouldn't let me off uh which is a whole nother angst that i'm just going to silently cap and throw into the trash bin you know do a uh, a uh swoosh a swoosh there we go a dunk but um uh, you know i'm taking um I'm I, I'm not taking any cybersecurity specific seminars this semester. I'm finishing up some of my other gen eds and general requirements. So I'm actually interested in this honors seminar called "Why Do Things Fail," which is part of my gen ed honors uh, requirement. Um, and that should be a very interesting course because uh, that's coming from a sciency kind of point of view. Um, but uh, I think. I think that will probably be up front. Actually, really, the thing I'm most excited about uh, coursework is I'm doing two credits of research um, on uh, NS, or excuse me, research funded by the Office of Naval Research Labs, uh, Navy Research Labs, Naval. I said it right. Yeah, um, on uh, dynamic software reconfiguration. A lot of interesting things with that, and that's very cybersecurity-ish, and that's going towards my uh, citation. So. Top three or four factors you feel are important for SEO for a small business website on Google? Hmm. Um, 
the biggest change I'm starting to see in that, I'm going to kind of work my way backwards uh, so you don't hear conventional stuff. Um, this new idea of rich snippets or um, structured data highlighting has been really emphasized in Google and I actually have just started looking at this a lot um, because it seems to be picking up a lot of uh, traction, which is, you know, you basically, you just use standard HTML commenting and markups to kind of give Google a very, very clear exp explicit picture of like what the HTML on your page represents. So you can, you can use uh, schema.org to basically say, hey, this part of code is a video object. This part of code is like the author. This part of code is like the content, the actual content content where the keywords are. And that will be a nice pickup. And it gives you these rich snippets where when people are searching on, you know, Google for stuff, they may see enhanced views of particular links that may make them more likely to click. So if you have the structured highlighting and micro formats set up right, um, you could have like your your author photo actually show up in the search results page with like the LinkedIn link or whatever. So a lot of cool things you can do with that. Um, obviously the basics, making sure the meta tag keywords are not redundant are but are on all the pages. Um, this is cliche, but I'm going to throw it out here because this was my SEO um, success for, for me is um, content. Obviously, large content is helpful with small business. You're probably only focusing on, you know, very specific things. Um, if you're more of like a content publisher, though, focus on getting um, a higher volume of individual pages because each of those links kind of adds up in your overall I call it index capita um, and so the more links you can say that are you know the more crawlable links on your site the longer you're keeping that Google search bot at your site doing stuff that's a good thing to have happen make sure you're using Google webmaster tools to see what the keywords are that people think are important and uh, make sure you use webmasters to see you know hey this is I'm seeing this keyword show up in my top 10 and this is not represented on my site. And I have, I've had this problem a lot too, especially when you're running like a, a form site and you know, the word form shows up everywhere, but form is not like a keyword you want to focus on your site. So you want to make sure you de-emphasize that keyword. So doing those types of things are pretty important. How, how do you think we do at the average guy.tv from, from a posting standpoint? I mean, I think we do pretty good because we don't have the like the forms issue, for example, and WordPress doesn't throw in a lot of like garbage words. Um, it's pretty much clean content. Um, I just started looking at what the SEO for that looks like. I was because I was looking at all, all the sites this week, um, so I, I'd probably have a pretty clear picture of that later this week. But I think we're we're doing pretty good. Uh, I think there's a lot of I links. Think we, yeah, I mean, we put a lot of links in there. Definitely a lot of links. I think we could this site in particular could probably. Um, really um, benefit from the uh, rich snippets because of all the videos and audio and stuff we're doing. And because we have multiple authors getting like the author um, micro formats and stuff set up, that could be a big game changer for a site like this. Yeah. I'd love to have more authors, you know, guys who just want to write once or twice a year and throw that stuff in there. That'd be kind of nice just to get, well, and at the end of the day though, I don't live for SEO. I live for, for community. Right, and, for sure. Uh, and so we get we get a lot of good community involvement. Um, Drashna asks, "What ISP monopoly are you slaved to?" Um, well, I hope I understand that question correctly. <laughs> right now, I'm slave to uh, Verizon FiOS, and uh, 
it's Fios is a very beautiful thing in this area um, because Fios is now doing symmetric routes, which means the download is the same as the upload on all packages now. So it's no longer like 55, 25, 7, whatever. It's 50, 50, 25, 25, 150, 150. Um, the Fios quantum service is impressive. Their infrastructure is impressive. They don't rate limit or throttle. It's crystal clear on television and internet and they don't do annoying crap like block ports and give you hell and if you're clever um, and you use cable cards to uh, do all your television and you don't use set-top boxes then you can just completely take out the Verizon Fios modem altogether and put your own router in right at the right at the very end so like John John was talking about like he has this you know their hardware over here and then he's kind of put his little wall in between i don't have that anymore it's just it's all my stuff and that keeps verizon out of my network um and that's important because you'd be amazed at what the firmware from some of these uh isps allow they can basically just you know hang out on your private network and send little pings here and there and tell you some things that you would not like them to know and oh, well i wouldn't like them to know like oh why is your ipad connected to your network this is also going to get into a very um, futuristic conversation about when I was talking about ISPs and how the pricing structure and all that's going to change with the Internet of Things where everything sees everything. Yeah, guess what's coming down the road, folks? Oh, you think the, the boardroom executives at these Internet service providers are going to go, well, uh, we can't charge for static IPs anymore. Uh, we can't charge for bandwidth because it's all fast. So we're going to charge for the number of devices that are on your network. And guess what? They're not, you know, within a certain, I mean, there's going to be the same set of black hat tricks that everyone knows and loves. But, you know, for that average family of four, just putting on, you know, five iPads, three cell phones, you know, a media center, they're going to go, oh, thank you very much. Uh, we see you're now over 10 devices. That's going to be an additional $5 a month. And you're going to go, but but why? And then they're just going to say, well, I mean, if you don't like this service, you know, it's just too bad. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Get some good thoughts there. Uh, Ken had just said, uh, he said, yeah, I heard about rich snippets, but I'd love a guide on how to get those set up. Seem great, but somewhat tricky to set up. Yeah, um, Google actually has. I have to. I have to hand it to Google. They they make everything. They make the world seem like such an easy white white place with green green grass hills and you know just rainbows everywhere. But um, of course, I'm wearing a Google shirt with a unicorn and a dinosaur on it. So what does that say about me? Um, but uh, yeah, there is schema.org will explain like what all the formats are but that may not necessarily like help you understand where to actually put them in your markup um and google has some of those videos and it's really just like if you have an understanding of html and you know you know it's on your page then it's it's really just a question of knowing which tag to drop into your html markup and if you if you are like cognizant and aware of like what your html like master page template is then you can apply it across your entire site so it's not like you have to keep doing it on a page by page basis which is really nice all right i think we covered all the we covered all the questions in the chat room nicely yeah. done christian yeah that was a good run good work yeah we should do that more often for sure that's a good that's a good uh it's a good idea to ask an ama a podcast ama we, we st will stay with the reddit 
uh, terminology, but maybe a podcast AMA and uh, 